Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Nathan Herndon. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app, our website, for ways to give. Okay. Loving on one another. Love seeing that. Thank you. Love seeing you. <laughs> All right, let's grab our seats. Good seeing everybody today. Hope you're doing well. Happy Father's Day to, to the fathers in the house. And uh, those that just carry the, the Father heart of God, we need you in the church uh, so desperately. And so just want to say hello to everybody. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting to the baptisms. I think uh, baptism in the church is so, so vitally important. And uh, we're going to be um, baptizing a lot of people. Some people will hold under longer than others. And it's, it's just going to be good. Um, so some people just really need the full immersion experience. So, uh, but uh, I, I, I do want to say this as we're getting going. Chris did a beautiful job sharing about uh, kind of family life and some things going on in the body. But I do want to say this, that I mentioned in my message last week that we have a book in our resource center written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer called Life Together. And that sold out uh, like that. And so we, I think we ordered like 30 more. And so they are out in the resource center. And so Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's a really quick read, um, but it's really good as far as capturing the heart of biblical community uh, centered around Jesus, centered around the gospel. So I want to encourage you to to do that, uh, to grab that today, add it to your library. It's just a few bucks. And then, yeah, the starter group, I'm excited about that as well. as Chris was mentioning before, we, we really want people not just coming on Sunday mornings, but we want to do life together outside of here. And so sometimes you just need help uh, getting going. And so that's what that starter group is for. It's not just for new people. It's for anybody who uh, just wants to get uh, more involved in other people's lives and wants to, to grow together uh, in community. Uh, it does start July 13th, and then it goes uh, every Wednesday to August 17th. And then on August 17th, the last one is at my house, my, my wife. Adrian's house. My brother Philip's going to be cooking my mom's lasagna. Uh, we're just going to gather at our house because we, we want to be, uh, I get tired of standing on a stage and kind of seeing a few faces and moments, and I want to have you over to my house. And so that's what's going to happen. But you can't just show up at my house. You have to come to the whole group, all right? Um, so uh, yeah, well, you can come to my house too. Uh, but uh, uh, that'll be fun. And then yeah, the welcome lunch. Um, it, it, we've done welcome lunches that pushed three hours before, and everybody gave a speech. Um, That was scary, even for myself. It's not going to be that. It's going to be 30 or 40 minutes. We're going to just come with some questions, eat some pizza and salad. We're just going to talk, and we're just going to rub shoulders and make a connection. So those are some new things that we're doing, and here's why. It's because biblical community and being life on life is important to us here, okay? Um, I think that we, a lot of great things happen from this stage, but we're not marketing what happens from the stage like a commodity or like something that you consume. This is a part of it, but it's just not everything. So it's really important to us that we get involved in each other's lives. That sound good? All right. Good. Well, if you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, grab them, uh, turn to the book of Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians. We're also going to be in Galatians, and we're going to be actually kind of popping down through multiple places in the scriptures as we continue this Ecclesia series. And I want to give you a, a, a fair shot from the start here that I have preached this message that I'm about to preach, uh, at least the, the, the bones of it, two times uh, at Providence already. Um, but the reason I'm rolling it out again is because of how vitally important it is. I just want to roll this out about w- once a year, um, that how many of us know people, or maybe we're that person, that 
they, on a baptism Sunday, they got baptized and they actually thought they were getting saved that day and they just didn't know and they're wondering why their, their life isn't working, all right? Or maybe you're a parent and you actually taught your kids, hey, we need you to get you saved. Um, you've got to get baptized. And I, I really believe that there's a lot of things that are foggy to us in the church that we don't understand well in the church and baptism is one of them. Uh, can I just say that you're not getting saved when you're getting baptized, it is something different than that. I want to tear into and dig into uh, what in God's ecclesia and God's church, what baptism actually is. Now, let me share this, that there are lots of different views when it comes to baptism. Um, I was just on the, the Episcopal Church's website this morning, just looking at it because I was baptized as an infant in the Episcopal Church by my grand. All right. Uh, my, uh, my granddad was an Episcopal priest. We were visiting on a Sunday morning and my gram shrewdly waited till my brethren in Christ dad was in the shower on a Sunday morning. She steals me. She heads me over to the Episcopal church and, and, and they sprinkle water on my head so I could be baptized in the Episcopal church. Brings me back. My dad wasn't happy. Uh, I loved it though, uh, the, though I don't remember. Um, but uh, let, let me tell you, in the Episcopal church, as well as with some other denominations, they see baptism as a means of grace. So this is where some of the confusion happens. It's a means of grace. And so um, other churches see, in more of the Reformed traditions, other churches see infant baptism as a replacement to the covenant. And so baptism replaces Old Testament circumcision. Okay, um, and ha anybody seen my big fat Greek wedding here, right? Right, and that it is so fun. It's like this guy is just getting plastered just because he wants to marry a Greek lady, uh, but uh, the, he's being baptized and the, the father-in-law in, in the Greek wedding movie comes up to this guy who is not Greek that wants to marry his Greek daughter and, and says something like, you know, this is the best day of your life, the day that you were uh, baptized into the Greek Orthodox church, really had nothing to do with Jesus. It had everything to do with these people's culture and ethnicity, all right? Um, and then let me tell you this, it, my, my conversion story, I got saved when I was seven years old uh, at, a, at a really good preaching on a Wednesday night service, seven years old. I remember I, I was a pastor's kid, so we lived in a parsonage, and I ran home in the dark uh, to my room, and I prayed with my mom, knelt down at, our, at, uh, at my bed, and I prayed with my mom to put my faith in Jesus, and, uh, and I did that. I, I really believe I was genuinely saved at seven, but I did not get, ba get baptized until I was 14 years old, and it wasn't for theological reasons. It was for this. I was scared to death of getting baptized uh, because in the tradition that I was in, which was the Brethren in Christ Church and then the, the Baptist Church eventually, but uh, in, in the Brethren in Christ Church, uh, you have to give a speech uh, before you get baptized. And uh, I, di I hated being in front of people and I hated talking in front of people. And so I, I didn't get baptized for those reasons. And then also in the Brethren in Christ Church, they dunk you three times. So here at Providence, we dunk you one time in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But in the Brethren in Christ Church, it's in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And that weirded me out as a kid. And I was just like, no thanks. I'm not giving a speech. I'm not getting dunked three times in front of uh, these people. And so I just didn't until I was 14 and started really following the Lord and saw in the scriptures that Jesus himself makes it abundantly clear that, that he has not uh, encouraged us, but called us and commissioned us to get baptized if our faith is in him. And so I got baptized at 14 in the Baptist church and I was playing the saxophone in those days. And I was so filled up with Jesus. I grabbed the uh, over offering. Remember, did you come from a church that did special music over offering? I kind of missed that, right? Uh, but uh, I grabbed my saxophone and played a little 
special music number over, uh, over the offering um, in, back in those days, and it was really good. I could keep going about all the differences in baptism. Do you baptize people straight down? Do you take them forward? Do you take them backwards? Do you sprinkle? Do you pour? Do you dunk? Like, which one is it? And so I'm not going to get lost, and, and those are the small things, all right? Those are the small things. I want to get wrapped up in the big things in the heart of the matter. Amen to that? All right, so I want to bring some clarity here. And I want to start this way. I'm going to say this, that um, I want us to see this morning that in the early church, okay, it's is great to go back to the early church, book of Acts. and the early church, a profession of faith in Jesus and baptism were not the same thing, but were tied together. Okay? Right? So nowhere in the scriptures do I see somebody putting their faith in Jesus and then waiting seven years to get baptized. It was just inconceivable. All right? It was just, if your faith is in Jesus, we're baptizing you. So it's not baptism saving you, but it's, they're, they're so closely tied together. But that, like your baptism day is kind of like the day that where you were saved. All right? And we see that in scripture. If you, if you go to Galatians, I, I know I told you to turn to Colossians first, but it's actually Galatians chapter 3. Verse 26 and 27, I want to read this to us. It says this, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith, okay? So we see this, we're adopted into God's family in Christ Jesus through faith. That's verse 26. And verse 27 says this, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, Okay, now this is two short verses packed with great, uh, with great truth. But I, I want you to see this. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith, that we belong in the family through faith, not through baptism. It is through faith. But then it goes on to say these two things are tied uh, closely together. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now this is it's an important passage where I just want you to see that faith in Christ and then baptism are kind of tied together, not the same thing, but they just go together. Let's look at this in, in story form. If you, if you see uh, Acts chapter 2, which we were in last week, but Acts chapter 2, uh, starting with verse 37 to 41, uh, Peter had just preached uh, the first Holy Spirit-filled message at, at, uh, right after Pentecost, and people were struck to the heart, and they, they said to Peter, Peter, what do we do? And Peter's response was, repent and be baptized. Okay? That was the, what do we do? In other words, they were saying, how do we respond to Jesus? Our faith is in Jesus. Well, repent and be baptized. Okay? Look at, if you look at Acts chapter 8, um, uh, starting with verse 26, this is a story of, of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip was not an apostle in the early church. He was a deacon, actually, and an evangelist. And the Holy Spirit tells Philip to go to a road where he's going to meet somebody. Philip goes to that road, and then he hears this Ethiopian eunuch reading out of the, uh, the scroll of Isaiah, Isaiah 53, in fact. And, and, and you see in this passage that Philip says to this Ethiopian eunuch, do you understand what you're reading? The eunuch says, how can I if I don't have anyone to explain it to me? He invites him into the chariot. And then, then Philip, starting with Isaiah 53, Old Testament, because this was prophetic scripture about the coming Messiah, who is Jesus. Then Philip explains to uh, the, the eunuch starting there. And in his gospel presentation, um, it, you know, he, he must have woven into there the importance and significance of baptism because when the Ethiopian sees water, he says, what's holding me back from getting baptized now? And Philip says, nothing. 
If your faith is in Jesus, nothing is holding you back. Do you see this? That the, the gospel presentation itself in, included, hey, and when you put your faith in Christ, you get baptized. All right? Do you see, I feel like I'm, I've lost you already, but I'll keep going. Hopefully, we'll get you back here. Um, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19, this is a story of Saul's conversion, and uh, he was blinded. He was, all these things were going on. He fasted for, uh, for multiple uh, days, but when um, the scales fall off his eyes and when a man named Ananias comes to speak the gospel message to Paul, uh, who was at that time Saul, the first thing that he did, we see in verse Verse 18 was, he arose and was baptized, okay? He hadn't eaten for three days and he'd been blind for all of those days. The first thing that he does when he receives the gospel message is get baptized before he eats. This is why this craziness doesn't even shower, all right? Have you, you should see what baptismals look like with clean people, all right? Uh, but it's, it's wild. It's, I saw the Loch Ness Monster in there a few, last time we did this. It was crazy. Uh, but uh, the, look at Acts chapter 16. Um, Paul runs into a lady named Lydia um, where he uh, shares the gospel message with her. And then we see in verse 14, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized in her household as well, they started a church in her house, <laughs> All right, but, but the baptism, we, we just missed the significance of this. We, we toss around baptism like, yeah, I, you know, I trusted in Christ, haven't been baptized, don't really know if I will. Well, as a, as a believer, I just want to tell you this. As a believer, you need to be baptized. There might be, some of you may be sitting here and you actually feel like your, uh, your nervousness about getting wet in front of a bunch of people is, is, is stronger to you than actually obeying the heart of Jesus. I just want to say, you got to get over that and you got to get baptized, all right? In Acts chapter 16, we see the Philippian jailer who, it's a long story, I'm not going to get into it, but in the middle of the night, he, he, has, uh, he has Paul and Silas in his jail, all right? There's an earthquake, all the prison doors swing open, all the chains fall off, and the guy's getting ready to take his life. So he's, he's down to his last moment. Paul screams, we're all here, you know, save yourself. And then Paul speaks the gospel to this guy. He gets saved, his family gets saved, and then they get baptized in the middle of the night, <laughs> all right? This, this is, it is, I hope we see this. We hope, there, there's no, like, fear isn't the boss, our tradition isn't the boss, but my question this morning is, why is there such urgency to this baptism thing? Why is bapti does baptism happen in the middle of the night or before a shower or before a bath or before a meal? Why is baptism so wildly important? Why, why are people doing that? It's like, it's like the next step after putting their faith in Jesus before they... It, the apostle Paul could have said, hey, I haven't eaten in three days. I've been blind for all of those days. Can I get an omelet, please? And then I'll get baptized. But that's not what he does. First importance is what he does. Baptize me. I don't care what time of the day or night or morning it is. Baptize me. So I want to tell you this. Here's what baptism is not. Baptiz baptism is not what washes away sins. That's not why we, uh, people jump into baptism in the early church with such urgency, because there's not the, like this urgency to wash away your sins. Do you know what washes away your sins? The blood of Jesus, not the waters of baptism, wash away your sins, okay? All right? Um, so it's it, the... the all of everybody's sins today that get baptized are not going to be in that pool, okay? They've, they've, 
because they're not even there anymore. They're absolutely canceled and cast as far as the east is from the west because of the blood of Jesus. So it's not baptism that saves you. It's not baptism that cleanses you. You're just getting wet, practically speaking, in in baptism. Let me tell you this. Baptism is not a big deal biblically because of what it does. You just get wet. Baptism is a big deal biblically because of what it declares or what it symbolizes. Did you hear that? Baptism is a big deal, biblically speaking, not because of what it does, but because of what it declares, because of what it symbolizes. Now, there's three declarations that, ba- that baptism declares, and this is what's found in Colossians chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles, which I hope you do, because we've got to be a, a, a praying, believing, Bible reading, very dangerous, on fire, Holy Spirit-filled church, right? Right? So, so this is so, your Bible is an important ingredient in all of that stuff. But listen to Colossians chapter 2, starting with verse 12. And this is, man, an astounding book of the Bible. If you don't know what to read, start with Colossians, all right? Well, listen to this. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Now there's a whole lot there. Now, I just want to focus on that first verse there because it contains the first declaration. It says, have, in verse 12, having been buried with him, that's with Jesus, in baptism, in which you were also raised with him, that's Jesus, through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. That's where we find our declaration number one. And declaration number one is when we're getting baptized, we're declaring this, that I died with Jesus. I died with Christ. His death should have been mine, but he died in a substitutionary way in my place, but I died with him. He took on all of my sins, but I died with Christ. That's what it's declaring. Having been buried with him in baptism. So when, when I say that, when the, or when the Bible specifically says that we died with Christ, here's what it means, is we died to sin. Sin is a horrible treasure, all right? And many of us have, have treasured sin more than Jesus. Or really, in my opinion, that is what sin actually is. It's anything that we treasure over Jesus, all right? So maybe you don't seem like a bad person because you do good things, but in your heart, you prize and cherish other things more than God. God means nothing to you except a ticket to heaven and you love everything else. And actually following Jesus is a bummer to you because you don't see his beauty and worth and value. You wish you could do this other stuff because that's where your heart is. Well, that's what sin is, friends. Sin is a heart thing, not just an action thing, all right? And so, but what we're saying is when we died to sin, we died to the lie that there is something better than God, all right? Now, this, this lie was first instituted in the garden where the, where the enemy, where Satan says to Adam and Eve, God's holding back on you. He just doesn't want you to have something. And that was the massive lie because what God was actually doing is God wanted to protect Adam and Eve from the lie that there is something better than him, all right? All right, so, but we died to sin. We died to the old me. The old me was the me that treasured sin. The, the old me was the, was, the, was the dead me. The old me was the, the me that wasn't even alive. We died to the old me. We died to the sin nature, and we died to sin's power. 
Sin is, the enemy is a toothless lion, big roar, but, but, but pansy bite, all right? He, can, he is powerless to condemn us anymore because of the cross when our faith is in Jesus. We, we died to all of that stuff. We died to sin's power. We, we died to all the lies. We, we died to, to, to self. And we said, Jesus, I want you now, your life in me. I'm not driving my life. You're driving my life. You're my treasure. You're my Lord. You're my everything. And baptism illustrates this. And this is why at Providence, we take people, we have them sit kind of, you know, uh, you know, legs crossed, and we take them back one time because what it does is it symbolizes being buried, all right? And what's being buried is the old you, the sinful you that loved everything else but Jesus. And then when you come up out of the water, that symbolizes the resurrection from the grave, which is the, the second declaration that baptism declares is I not only died with Jesus, but I was raised with Jesus, all right? This is it's a very exciting. I am a new creation. Uh, I was raised with him, Colossians says, through faith and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead, and I was raised with Jesus. It's saying that I'm a new creation. It's saying that I have a, a new identity. And let me, let me pause on this one because identity is a, is a huge word these days. It, biblically speaking, in the kingdom, we don't decide our own personal identity, okay? We receive our identity from Jesus. He gets to say who we are. We are his creation. We are his workmanship. He has saved us uh, and raised us, and he gets to say who we are. So good, all right? But uh, so what baptism speaks is this. And remember, I read all of this other stuff too, and starting in verse 13. You who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. Do you know that the, a life of sin and being, being uh, you know, uh, spiritually dead, uh, there's legal demands associated with that that the enemy can use, right? And, and this, is, this is saying that all of those legal demands Jesus took care of, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by trying triumphing over them in him, the him being Jesus, all right? So, so what your baptism is declaring is that you are no longer dead in sins, but alive in Christ, all right? You are forever joined together with Christ through faith. You are no longer in sin, you're in Christ, and as a result, forgiven of every trespass, the punishment of all your trespasses and sins are now canceled Legally, do you hear this? The legal documents that demanded your condemnation have been nailed to the cross and they're rendered this, paid in full, all right? The, every spiritual ruler or every spiritual enemy has been disarmed that could drag you to hell. Everyone, everyone has not only been disarmed, but humiliated because of the cross, triumphed over in Christ. So baptism is declaring that you are a new you, a new identity in Christ, and that you are who Jesus says you are. You are, you are who your father says you are. You, you're, uh, th this is, you are not who your culture says you are. You're not from your family of origins. First and foremost, you are a, a son or a daughter in the kingdom of God because of Jesus. You belong, you're wanted, you're forgiven. 
Okay, this is, it's a mouthful, guys, but this is what we're declaring in baptism. I died with Jesus and I, raised, and I was raised with Jesus. And because I was raised with Jesus, I get all the benefits of the new life that is found in the gospel. Do you see this? All right. And here's the third declaration. Declaration number three is, uh, is actually um, to the community. And what I mean by that is community in two parts. Community meaning outside world, just people in general. And then the community meaning the, the body of Christ. Okay. Um, baptism is actually supposed to be a public thing. You don't necessarily do it in hiding. Um, if you read, we've got a book in the resource center called Jesus Freaks. There's, there's people that are still, there's more people being martyred today for the gospel, for Jesus, for the name of Jesus than ever before in history, okay? And that we've collected some stories of them, or I haven't, somebody has collected some stories of them where people are actually giving their lives for Jesus just because they're being publicly baptized, all right? So when we're baptized, we're actually making a declaration to the world on uh, on what side we're on. We're on the side of life, not death. We're on the side of Jesus, not darkness, okay? And we're telling the world, I am a Jesus follower. Christianity was never supposed to be lived out in a closet or in a back room. Christianity is supposed to be lived on the front lines of everybody else's worlds. We're supposed to be shining, not hiding our light. And so uh, we're, we're telling the world that I am a Jesus follower. And what, what, what we're also seeing, though, in our baptism is we're declaring a message to the community of believers. And what we're saying is, I'm with you guys. I, I am with you guys. I'm in. Like, like shoulder to shoulder, heart to heart, we're in this together. And so you're declaring to the outside community, I'm with these crazy Christians. I'm with them. I may not agree with them. They, yeah, I may, may have been hurt there, but it's way better than the darkness that I, and the death that I used to live in. I, I was raised, and now I'm working life out with these wild, crazy people, all right, that, that maybe frustrate me. Have you, you know, dads, have you ever been in a grocery store and your kids decide to go nuts in the grocery store? And you, you can't pretend that they're not yours. Like, you have to, like, they're mine. And you have to, you have to stomach all the, all the insults that aren't spoken but vibed out in the, in the spiritual realm coming towards you from, from other moms, right? <laughs> you don't know how to parent your kid, uh, but oh, where's your wife? Uh, but but you, you have to say, listen, this screaming child, still mine. I still like, maybe I'm embarrassed, but he or she is still mine. And the church has to stop being embarrassed of one another that we have to say, you know what? When we don't get it right, we're not gonna disown and run away. We're, we're, we're saying that we are in this with you. We're ready to walk this out. We wanna do this. Um, I do a lot of weddings. And often after a wedding ceremony, I find out that the couple used me to get married and then they leave the body, all right? Doesn't feel great, but I found that too in baptism. A lot of times people jump up and they go in the waters of baptism, but they, their life two months later shows that they didn't know what they were doing because they're gone, all right? And so that is not biblical baptism. And you have to be a Christian to be baptized. You have to know what you're doing. You have to have been raised and you're declaring to the world, but you, have, you also have to be ready to say, I'm not leaving, I'm with you, all right? I'm with you. So, so, so important. Guys, this is, I was supposed to uh, preach like a, a super short message. And I, I feel like I've succeeded here. Uh, I, I have 17 minutes, so I'm gonna just keep going. Uh, but no, so that's baptism. 
as, as shortly and, and as succinctly as I can say it, that's baptism. Baptism doesn't save you. It doesn't wash your soul clean. The blood of Jesus does that. It is in baptism, you are declaring whose you are and who you're following, what has already happened in your heart, what has already happened in your life. And that's why even though I was baptized as, a, uh, as an infant in the Episcopal church, when I was 14 and I, I was following Jesus uh, like a lovesick young man, I said, man, I don't, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna face my fear here. I'm not, I'm not going off of a baptism before I even knew who Jesus was. I'm going off of, I, I wanna tell the whole world. I wanna identify with Christ right now for all the world to see. And that's why I got baptized again. Um, the, the first one, my gram tricked me into. Second one, I did just willingly. And I, I just wonder uh, how many of you uh, are here today and, the, the, and you need to enjoy these baptisms maybe for the first time by understanding what's actually happening. But maybe some of you are here today and uh, you've never been baptized for one reason or the other. And I, I think that today, some of you who, who weren't planning on getting baptized are actually gonna get baptized today, all right? Some of you are gonna say, you know what? It's better to go home wet than disobedient, all right? And you're just gonna get baptized uh, today. We have, uh, we have some pastors over here. Do we have any, like, here's John, Ilias, and then we have Bethany over here, that if you're interested in being baptized, can you all just raise your hands for a second? We got Bethany there and John there. Um, the, if you're interested in being baptized, um, here in, in just a moment, or even now if you want to, I just wanna encourage you just to go talk to him and them, and they can kind of walk you through it, make sure that this isn't just like an exciting thing for you, but you actually know what you're doing. And then we've got, like some cheap uh, Dollar General t-shirts and stuff back there that we can put you in, all right? And some towels and things like that. The, the, listen, the, the, the process or the, the details aren't the important thing. Being baptized is the important thing, all right? And so if, if that is you and, and you would like to be baptized today, just from now on, I just want you to go see them and they'll talk you through. We, we also wanna get your information. I'm just telling you right up front because you, we're, we're done having baptisms where you're allowed to disappear. We're coming after you if you get baptized, all right? Uh, we, we want your email. We want your Snapchat. We want your, uh, we want your phone number. We want your address. We're not gonna just show up at your house. We wanna send you letters. We wanna bless you. We wanna say, keep following Jesus. It's worth it, all right? So all of that stuff, we wanna follow up with you and make sure that, that you're okay. Um, and so, so guys, just li listen, search your hearts right now. So do you need to be baptized today? Jesus followers, <laughs> have you never been baptized? Maybe today is your day. Um, you know, I was on a, a few weeks ago, I was on uh, vacation and we were staying in a really beautiful house and it had a, uh, um, what do you call it? Like a, uh, um, a home security system, okay? And I'd never see it really used one of those before. Like our house is just wide open. We've got a golden doodle. That's our home security, right? And so this home security system, um, one evening started beeping five beeps, beep, 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 real loud and real high pitched every one minute, five beats every one minute. And it did it for hours, okay? So just talk, I, I felt like I was going crazy. We were calling people. Finally, I YouTube this thing and I found out that this security system is trying to tell us that there's something wrong in the house. There's a door open, there's a window open. In this case, it was, what was it? I wrote it down. It was the fire alarm system. Had uh, One of the fire alarms wasn't working properly and we could reset it to get rid of the beeps, but we needed to see the problem. And so I, I just wonder this morning, I wanna be a beeping in your ear. 
I, I want you to hear it, guys. I want you to walk in God's best for you. I want you to walk in obedience. I, I want you to, I want you to, uh, you know, to, to get over fears that you may have been facing. And I want you to, today to be courageous and, and uh, make today a day that you get baptized, all right? Does that make sense to you? Do you hear that? Yeah, that, that for some of you, this, some of you, you're, you're here, but you've never taken the first step of putting your faith in Jesus. And today is a day I just wanna be beeping in your ear and I wanna say, Jesus wants you, he paid for you. You don't have to be good enough or religious enough. He is all of those things for you and he offers you his righteousness as a free gift that you receive through faith. And so today, is, let, let, let this beeping just, just ring in your ears that God wants you to be his son or God wants you to be his daughter through faith and he wants to save you. He wants to make you new. Today is a day too late. If you're putting your faith in Jesus today, also I just want you to go see John and Bethany uh, at, the, at the same time um, today. And I just want you to tell them, man, I just wanna give my whole life to Jesus. I just, just want him with all of my heart. Amen. Amen, guys. So we're gonna start uh, baptizing people here soon. And here's some rules as we baptize, is that uh, this is a, it's, it's a sacred thing that we're doing, but it's also a joyous thing. And so everybody that's getting baptized, some of them are gonna be sharing their testimonies. Some of, uh, of them are just gonna be making a public declaration of faith in Jesus. But what, whatever, it, whatever it is, as the body of Christ, we wanna clap and cheer, and we wanna make this house uh, uh, a house of praise and celebration, amen? Amen. So can you just join your hearts with me as the kids are coming in? Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the cross. We thank you so much that you're saving people. We thank you so much that we can belong to you. We thank you so much for the price that you paid for us. And we thank you so much that you call us out of our comfort into some, uh, in, into some new realities. And I pray, God, that this would be a day where maybe if some of us um, we, we feel like we've heard this before. This is old news. I pray that today this would be a day where, where we have a new revelation of the greatness of the gospel, a new illumination to the heart of God. And that as people are being baptized today, we, we just pray our hearts will explode and, uh, and, and revival and worship to you, God. And Lord, I pray for those uh, that are putting their faith in Jesus today or that are, that are uh, showing the world what they've done as a result of putting their faith in Jesus. I pray, God, that those being baptized, this would be a memorable moment. You would fill them and touch them and bless them. God, we just thank you. We praise you. Thank you for being our treasure and our Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.com dot org.